Hello, my friends, a good day to you, all of you, and I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and we are on the subject of the blood covenant, and this is actually lesson number 36 of the blood covenant, and we are talking about the blessings of the new covenant, and uh, yesterday we talked about, we finished talking about Jesus Christ is our healer. Which, is, uh, which corresponds to the old covenant uh, promise where God said, I'm Yahweh Rapha, I'm the Lord, your physician. So the next point we are going to study is uh, in the old covenant, you have Yahweh Nisi, I'm the Lord, your banner, your banner of victory. So in the new covenant, Jesus Christ is our victory. And I'm going to share a few scriptures um, with you. Uh, about this uh, this point now um, the, Jesus Christ is our victory and he gives us the victory in Colossians 2:15 it says that God uh, I'm actually reading it from the amplified so it says he has disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it or in the cross. Now, this means that upon the cross, or this is what the Lord Jesus did upon the cross, because most people, when you talk about what Jesus did for us upon the cross, and it rightly, they're right when they say, yes, upon the cross, he bore our sins and our diseases. That is 100% true. But there is something else that he did for us, it says that he has disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us. That means the enemy of our soul, Satan, and all his cohorts, his demons, Satan and the demons, they were the principalities and powers that were ranged against us. And when it talks about principalities and powers, it's talking about different, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, ranks within the uh, within the demonic world, if I may put it that way, because you know, in um, in in the angelic world, you have got the archangels. You know, you got the those are the main angels. Then you got the angels under them, and even in the human world, you have kings and you have uh, ministers in the government, or you know, and and you have different ranks in society. Similarly. In the world of demons and evil spirits, you have uh, ranks and you have a, a, a kind of setup there. So you got Satan, who is the highest ranking uh, in that world. And then you got, you got all these, you got the powers and principalities. Then you have ruling spirits in high places. And I'm not making these things up. These are in the Bible. He says uh, uh, there's powers, there's principalities, then there's rulers in high places and, you know, there, there's wickedness. They do different kinds of things. And I don't want to go into that, but the point here is that in this scripture, it says that Jesus disarmed and defeated the principalities and powers that were arranged against us. That means that he defeated, he disarmed and defeated every kind of devil, no matter what their rank or their place of authority in the demonic world, from the bigger ones to the smallest ones, whoever they may be, uh, he has disarmed them and uh, he has defeated them. 
And so Jesus defeated not only the little demons. You know, sometimes people think that, well, there's those little demons that run around that trouble people and we can deal with them and cast them out in the name of Jesus. But then you come to the powers and principalities and rulers of wickedness in high places. So you've got these higher ranking demons and little me, I cannot cast those out. For those we need the special apostles or people with a special anointing to cast out devils. The Bible doesn't teach us that. The Bible does not say that. In fact, the truth is even the most insignificant member of the body of Christ and cast out the biggest devils because whatever those devils are, they, whatever place of authority they may have, they have it in their realm and they don't have that authority over you and I. So you've got to remember this. And the fact is that in Colossians 5, uh, 2, 15, it says, Jesus has disarmed the principalities and the powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them at the cross. So the next thing is that he made a bold display and public example of them. In other words, when Jesus defeated the devil uh, and he won victory over the devil and he made a public example of them, it means that he did it openly. He didn't do it in secret so that nobody really knows what Jesus did to the devil. But the victory that Jesus won over the devil, the fact that he has disarmed them and that he has triumphed over them, he won a total, um, all-encompassing, once and for all, open victory over them. So Jesus defeated them in such a way that the whole world knows him. Everybody. Everybody who has a Bible should know that Jesus has truly defeated the devil decisively once and for all, and that he made a public example and a bold display of them. In other words, he said, look, here it is. This is the victory that I have won for you in triumphing over them at the cross. And that's the last thing I want to point out, that the victory that Jesus won over the the devil was at the cross. It was at the cross that Jesus won victory over the devil. Now I'm pointing this out because there's a there used to be a teaching going going around that Jesus bore our sins upon the cross. But it is when he went down to Hades, he went to hell. That is when he fought the devil in some kind of hand-to-hand -hand combat and defeated him there. That is not true. In fact, that is dangerous. It can even breed heresies if you begin to teach or believe such stuff. The Bible says that the victory that Jesus won over the devil was at the cross, at the cross where he died. In fact, when he went down to Hades, he didn't go to Hades to pay the price for us or to defeat the devil because the price was paid at the cross the devil was defeated at the cross. He went down to Hades to proclaim because there it says he preached the gospel. He set the captives free. So he went there. No, he didn't, uh, he, you know, he, he suffered upon the cross, but he went down to Hades and he, uh, that is that he went down, he came from the highest place and, and he went down to the lowest place that it is possible for any man 
ever to go to. So on our behalf, he went down to Hades, but there he preached the gospel. He set the captives free and he rose again from the dead. So Jesus has won a total decisive victory over the devil and he did it for you and for me. That's the only reason he did it. That's the only reason he died on the cross. That's the only reason that he bore uh, the, our sins and diseases. That's the only reason he died and went down to Hades. It was for you and for me. And you and I must learn to take a hold of this and take a hold of the victory that Jesus has given to us. Hallelujah. That is why Jesus Christ is our victory. He gives us victory because he has won the victory and he did it for us. That's the only reason he did it. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God, he gives, gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, this verse is in the context of when a saint of God dies, when a person dies, and that's what it is. And it says that, uh, uh, you know, if you, if you look at the entire context on, uh, in First in, in, in Corinthians 15, it talks about the saints of God who have died, that <clears throat> when they die, you know, they, they, they go back to the dust, but it says that the day will come when the mortal shall be clothed with immortality and death will be swallowed up by life. And it talks about the, the coming of the Lord Jesus and the return of the Lord Jesus. And then it says that we shall rise again. And, and he says, because of Jesus, because of the victory that Jesus has won, it says that, uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, 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 death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? So that means that when a believer dies, uh, I had a, uh, 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 the, the, you know, um, this, this lady, an older lady, uh, she, um, I, I know the family, a very, very godly woman, uh, woman of God in South Africa. Uh, she passed away yesterday morning and I received the news and the Lord took me to that scripture. He says, Oh death, where is uh, your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? Because you see, people are afraid of death. People are afraid of the grave. Um, because it doesn't matter how rich or how poor you are or uh, everybody will have to go to the grave someday and everybody has to die someday and people are afraid of death. But we who are believers in Jesus, we know that Jesus Christ has conquered death and that because Jesus has conquered death, one day we shall also be in heaven together with him. So when we die, it is nothing. It is actually a transition to a far greater life. And because of that victory that Jesus Christ has won, we have won a total victory also through Jesus Christ and that death has lost, lost its sting and the grave has lost its victory. And then it says, thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So even that ultimate victory over death, over the grave has been won on our behalf by the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus gives us the victory over death. In Romans 8 verses 37 to 39, it says, Yet amid all these things we are more than conquerors 
and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. For I am persuaded beyond doubt, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things impeding and threatening nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Paul is saying that in all these things that we go through, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Jesus Christ loves us. And because he loves us and he loves us with this, uh, with this uh, uh, um, total love, this incomprehensible love, which is uh, incomprehensible to the human mind. That's what I meant by incomprehensible. Because see, human love is very limited. You love people. I mean, I've had people who love me, then suddenly they don't love me anymore for whatever reason. They find a reason not to love me anymore, then they don't love me anymore. And people do that. People say they love you, but the next thing something happens or nothing happens or you wonder what happened and they don't love you. But the love of Jesus never changes. And it is a surpassing love. That love is greater than the scope of our transgressions. This is no matter what you have done. Uh, this is where, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. God is a good God and he loves us. As long as we stay close to him, we will always reap and, and, and enjoy the benefits of that wonderful love with which God has loved us. So remember that when you go through a difficult time, God loves you. And it says amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. That means that... Uh, uh, the fact that Jesus loves you doesn't mean that you will no, never go through any, any difficulties because sometimes people say, well, if Jesus loves me, why am I going through this difficulty? Well, you see, God has never promised that you will never have any difficulty because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where there's a lot of evil. And because of that, sometimes things come our way that uh, we can't explain. But the fact is that Jesus loves us and that never changes us. And so because he loves us, we are more than conqueror over that circumstance. So remember that it's not the circumstance that defines how much God loves you. But the fact is that the circumstance that has come your way because you live in a fallen world and because there's a devil out there, because there's stupid people out there, circumstances come your way. But the fact is that in spite of those circumstances, you and I, we are more than conquerors over those circumstances. Why? Because of him who has loved us. So, I am not facing difficulties in this world alone. You are not alone. Remember that. Never forget that. Never lose sight of the fact that you are not alone. You have never been forsaken. The Bible says cast down but not forsaken. You are not forsaken. I am not forsaken. Jesus has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And plus he has won a total victory for you. So even though you are going through a difficult circumstance, the fact is that you, according to Romans 8.37, you and I are more than conquerors. That means conquerors plus we, uh, we are more than conquerors 
because of Jesus who has loved us. So that is what enables us to face tomorrow and face the things in this life and just confess, I thank you, Jesus, that you have made me more than a conqueror because the thing that I'm facing, you have defeated this thing. You have won a total victory over it and you are the victor and I am with you and my life is hidden in you. And because of you, I am more than a conqueror over this situation. Then it says that, uh, for I'm persuaded beyond doubt. He says, I'm sure. He said, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things impeding or threatening or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, it says that nothing, neither death nor life, Neither angels nor demons, nor things coming our way or things that threaten us or powers or heights or depth or any, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let, let me tell you this story. It says that neither death nor life. You know, I lived a very difficult life and uh, I got saved at 21 and um, I was rejected by my family, by my parents. I had to leave home when I was 13. It was a very, very difficult life. I was suicidal. I had nothing to live for. And then I gave my life to Jesus and I decided to follow Jesus. And God called me to preach the gospel. And persecution broke loose. Broke loose. All hell broke loose all around me. And I was arrested and I was put in prison. And, um, uh, you know, uh, when, I was in, when I was in prison... Um, uh, they told me because the, they arrested me under a, a, how do you say, like a terrorism charge type of thing. Um, and I was told that uh, I will not come out of prison unless I renounce my faith in Jesus and I go back to Islam. And, um, and, and, they, and my own family had said, my dad had said, we will behead you. We will kill you. Can you imagine your own father saying this to me? And you know, at that time, when that threat of death was given to me, uh, I thought, I thought, you know, I've lived a long and hard life. I'm only 21 years of age. And it seems like I am an old man. I have lived and died so many times. I am, nobody has ever loved me. And this wonderful love that I experienced uh, from Jesus was so real. This, this, uh, for, the, the first was that the fact that Jesus accepted me in spite of my flaws and my faults, the fact that he loved me in spite of my sins, in spite, in spite of all the things that I had done in my life, that Jesus still loved me. Then the second thing was that he forgave me. My sins were totally forgiven and he didn't count them or hold them against me. Then the third thing was that he gave me a hope and a future that he could even uh, call somebody like me and, and, and use me. I mean, that was incomprehensible because for me, first of all, I would look at it, there's no ways Jesus can save me. I'm that kind of person. I've done so many wrong things. I have, I have, uh, uh, offended God so many ways. There's no, no ways he can forgive me, but he did. And so it was that unlimited grace and forgiveness that got me. And then I thought, uh, you know, there's no ways that, uh, he could do anything for me because I haven't deserved it. 
And, and then I realized that people loved me. People accepted me. People respected me. That's what the Christians gave me. They gave me love and acceptance and respect. And I couldn't understand this. How could a person like me receive this forgiveness, this love and acceptance? And then God began to use me. And I couldn't understand how God could use somebody like me with my history, you know, with my CV, you know, curriculum vitae. How could he use someone like me? I couldn't understand. And uh, uh, so all this was overwhelming me uh, and overwhelming me. And then they said to me, and then the other thing was that there was this consciousness of Jesus. I would pray and God would answer. I would, uh, I received answer to prayer to other trivial things. Like there was this, uh, somebody's motorcycle or car, I don't remember, was not starting. I put my hand on it, prayed for it, and the thing started. You know, little things that you might laugh at, but for me, those were big. I was a new Christian, and they were so mad because my prayers were being answered. And they were trying to prove me that, you know, he's a Christian, he's a kafir, he's going to go to hell and all that. But anyway, but what happened at when they when they said they're going to kill me and, and I went to prison, I tell you, I was willing to die because I said, I said, I said like this, I said, God, I've lived such a difficult life. I've lived such a hard life and nobody's ever loved me. No one has ever cared for me. I left home when I was a kid and now I am loved and I am accepted, and I have been forgiven. And uh, and these Christians, they treat me like I have never done anything wrong, and you answer my prayers, and your hand is upon my life, and I have already now received more than I could ever ever earned or deserved in this life. So I said, God, if they, if they want to kill me, let them kill me. I will just leave this world, and I will go to heaven, I will be without you. I will be with you. I will, uh, I will leave this world and I'm going to live with you and I will be with you forever. And I prayed that. And, and then, uh, and I remember when my dad said to me, then he said, we are going to kill you. I said, that was the first time in my culture. You, when your dad speaks, doesn't matter who he is, good or good man or bad man. When your father says something, you bow your head and stay quiet. You shut up. You don't reply. But that was the first time I ever talked back to my father. And I said, I said, Dad, I said, Abba, that's what we call. I said, Abba, you can behead me. You can kill me. But I know where I'm going. I'm going to go to heaven. I'll be with Jesus for all eternity. But you don't know where you're going. And at that time, believe me, I was ready to die because heaven seemed so close and this earth, this world, this terrible place was not what I wanted. But uh, so I understand what it means when it says that uh, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. I said, even death itself. I said, I said to my dad, I said, you know, the, the worst thing you could do to me is the best thing that could happen to me. Worst thing you could do to me is to kill me. But the best thing that could happen to me is I will leave this earth and I will go to be with Jesus. And you see, I want you to understand this, that no matter what happens, as we talk about whether it's life or death, or whether it is angels or demons, or whether it is things that are threatening us, uh, uh, or things in the future, you know, it says, 
uh, things impeding, that means things that are coming to us in the future, or threatening not things to come, nor power. A lot of people are afraid of the future. They're saying, what's going to happen tomorrow? How long will this coronavirus thing go on? How will I survive? I'm, I'm, how will I feed my family? You know, people have worries that are very, very real, that are based on their circumstances. But the thing is that none of these things, he says, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and this is the thing that <coughs> Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, we have the victory in the old covenant. The victories they won were through the sword. They went into battle and they killed people and that's how they won the victory. They took their swords and spears, they killed people, that's how they won the victory. But in the new covenant, we have the victory because Jesus has loved us. And because Jesus Christ has loved us, and because he loves us still, you and I can face any situation. And we know this one thing, that Jesus Christ loves me, and I am more than a conqueror, and I am going to win I am programmed to win. I am destined to win. I just cannot lose because greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. So we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us because nothing shall ever separate you and me for the love of, because of the love of Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ loves you. And no matter what happens, whether it is life or death or the devil or whatever happens in this world that we live in, you know, nothing shall separate us from his love. Uh, when this COVID-19 situation started, I was preaching overseas and, uh, and suddenly, you know, this thing came from one day to the next. We had heard there was something going on in Wuhan, China, and I thought, ah, it's like something, it'll stay in China. But the next thing, you know, it's all over the world and people are getting sick, people are getting dying, people are dying. And, the, and then the Lord said, son, don't worry, nothing shall ever separate you from my love because I love you. No matter what happens in this world, I love you. All you have to do, you you pray, you stay in the word and you walk with me and you do what I tell you to do. You obey me and everything will be all right. And that's what I've tried to do uh, ever since I came home. I'm home now for about five months. You know, all my meetings were canceled. I cannot travel anymore. And the Lord told me, feed hungry pastors in Africa. I said, Lord, that costs a lot of money. The Lord said, don't worry about the money feed them. And right now we have provided rations for the families of 600 pastors for three months. And it has cost us, I think, uh, so far we have spent 110 or $120,000. So far, God has provided this money miraculously and we are doing it. Then the Lord told me, begin to teach on YouTube the things that you know. And so I'm doing this to you. But I want you to know that just stay with Jesus and stay with stay with him because you are more than a conqueror, not because of what you have done, but because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. He has defeated the devil and all these things, in all these things that we face, you and I are more than conquerors through him 
who has loved us. So in the old covenant, they had Yavinisi and we have Jesus Christ who is our victory. And through him, because he loves us, we are more than conquerors. God bless you. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your hand upon their lives. I ask you to bless them. Use them mightily for your glory. Lord, if there be any need, any sickness or disease in their house, I ask for healing. Let every need be met. Let every blessing come their way, Father. And let your hand continue to be upon their homes, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we will see you again tomorrow. Jesus loves you and God bless you.